I have one of my favorite YouTubers here. I, Justine, is on the podcast. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. Yeah, for me too. I'm, I'm really glad that we could actually do this. I mean, we got to meet in person, which, you know, is I cherish meeting people in person a lot more these days because it's happening less and less. But we met a camera camp that you put on and it was amazing. And yeah, thanks so much for coming. That was such a fun event. Like we really had no idea what was going to happen. We just wanted a bunch of creators to come out, have a good time and just actually meet and talk about our struggles. Because <laughs> I feel like everyone's like, everything's just so great. Everything's awesome online. And then you actually get to talking to people that do the same thing as you, any industry, not just ours. And it's like, wow, okay. So we're all having those same problems. So we just wanted to have like a good time for everybody. And and hopefully we can do it again this year, but who knows <laughs> what this year is going to bring. Well, and now it's things like this that are the ways that we can get together. And I found myself, as soon as you know everything went weird and we were all kind of locked up at home right away, I was like, I got to start getting more guests. I got to start talking to people 24 seven outlets yeah. like this, or or also me listening to podcasts or watching YouTube videos are so much my socialization right now. I don't know if that, I don't know if that's like good or bad, but it helps. It makes me feel better. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it is. I mean, you're still kind of, you know, either podcast sometimes can be like the one-way conversation whereas, you know, you're still listening and consuming and then you can still talk to other people about the podcast. But I mean, I work from home a lot, so I feel like for me like not a lot has changed in sort of like my little work world, but the going and doing outside activities like jujitsu is one of my favorite things. And that is kind of like my outlet and like my therapy and like, we can't go to the gym anymore. And then even like group yoga classes. So it's like, we're doing zoom jujitsu classes by ourselves. I bought <laughs> like a big grappling dummy. <laughs> like it's so weird, but I think it's just, everyone's kind of adapting to whatever this new normal is because I don't think anything will ever be entirely the way that it used to be. Yeah, new normal is definitely the only way to describe it because old normal yeah. is not what we have anymore. But yeah. you, you were tweeting about this and so it was part of why I wanted to bring it up is like, what what have you been finding the path of creating stuff that's really been making sense for you or you know, what's been clicking with you when you watch other creators as well? Like, I, I don't know, I'm struggling with it. I think we all are. Yeah. Like, what, what, what should we be making right now? I mean, when this all sort of first happened, I was like, I, I can't make content. I can't do this. Like, I, it, I would feel just wrong and weird making anything. And so then I asked Twitter and I was completely wrong in my thinking because people wanted the same kind of content. I mean, they obviously want you to to kind of, I guess, be empathetic and, and understand what's happening. And But you don't want to talk about it 24-7 because that's what they're getting from the news. Like they want to still have that consistent, fun content that they were used to. And I was so just relieved to kind of to, to, to read that because I didn't know what to do either. And now I've just been creating weird content, like whatever. Like my sister gave <laughs> yeah. me a haircut. I unboxed some cream of wheat that I was couldn't get anywhere in stores. So it's just kind of going back and just having fun making content and not taking it too seriously because at the end of the day, like it really doesn't matter. Just like have a good time and, and try to get through this whatever way it is that, that you have to do whatever you have to do. Well, and if we ever feel like there's some pressure put on us to like, oh, we like we need to talk seriously about this. Keep in mind, there's m many serious people out there creating very serious content about it. I mean, I'm, I think something I'm doing slightly wrong is consuming way too much news. 
Um, you know, like just looking at my, my podcast list is giving me the best example. I've definitely yeah. listened to less of the fun shows lately. Like they're, they're starting to pile up the things that I'd listen to every week that are just kind of about, about nothing. So I'm like listening to all these news shows. I'm like, why, why am I listening to this much news? I don't need, right. I mean, a little bit is good, but, um, what I, my strategy that's been working so far is I, just, I have an alarm to make myself stop checking the news at 6 PM. And that's good. I should probably move it to earlier in the day, to be honest. But, probably. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's hard because the news is everywhere. It's on Twitter. And that's really where I consume a lot of my news, which either for better or for worse, because you never know what people are talking about. But I feel like Twitter, I get a good sense of what is happening in the whole world because, you know, everyone's just kind of there talking. And, and I've made that mistake, though, of just focusing so much on the news. Like the first few weeks, I was like, do I have it or is this anxiety? Like I could mm-hmm. not breathe for like two weeks because it was just the the anxiety was just so heavy in my chest. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to create. And now like, I mean, my sister and I are basically quarantinemates at this point. So, you know, we've just been doing weird stuff and just having fun and, and making TikToks and, you know, giving each other haircuts, which was a big mistake. But I think just trying to find- But not not the, a content mistake. It was a huge success- for everyone that watched. The problem was her haircut that she cut on herself turned out really well. And then she did it on me and we have two completely mm. different hair types. And wait, what is that mug that you Uh-oh. have? Oh, oh, hey, we both have Nintendo mugs. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's incredible. My, actually, you can tell. So mine's supposed to turn blue when it gets, uh, for anybody listening, not watching, my mug is supposed to turn blue when it's hot. And you can tell my coffee's gone cold because it's black now. But <laughs> Mine also changes colors. Oh. I have water in here. So this the, is made the, by the screen same. will say like, is yours made by Paladone? Yes. Uh, did you get it That's at uh, GameStop? So weird. No, I think I got it on. Um, what is it? The it was like the Geek website. Think I Geek. What it's called? Think Geek. Yeah. Which I think is actually owned by GameStop. Yeah, Maybe? I think it's all the same now. Which mm-hmm. so hopefully GameStop survives, so we can keep buying our uh, <laughs> our game merch. Um, I but know. this is this is a good moment to mention. So yeah, there's video stuff happening here. Uh, any listeners out there, I did launch this podcast as a separate YouTube channel now, which is a new thing. Before, I would only occasionally post videos, but it it doesn't fit. It's, it's hard to merge really long-form content and short-form form stuff, so I separated them. I think it makes more sense, but there's like no subscribers there right now, so if you want to yeah. go, go to the <laughs> Stelman podcast on YouTube because it's starting from complete scratch like last week, so... Well, that's exciting though. And it's hard too, because you, there's audiences everywhere, which was one of my original strategies when I first started anything online, like 14 years ago, I was like, I'm going to post everything everywhere. And I did. And that was exhausting. But I also realized that some people don't go on Twitter. Some people don't go on Instagram. So it's like, you kind of have to sort of feed each one of those, those areas. There was websites that would just upload your video to everything. Like, so it'd go to daily motion and to Yes. Uh, what else? What else doesn't even exist anymore that nobody... Rever? Do you remember yes, Rever? Yes, absolutely. Rever. Yeah. And I can't remember the site that would upload it everywhere, but uh, YouTube was just secondary. It was not the primary thing. Like, I thought video podcasts were just as important for a while. For, for sure. a long time, your your name was... I mostly knew through MacBreak, and then YouTube became, you know, so much bigger than podcasts. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. It is really interesting, but it was like, I remember doing a podcast in like 2006, which I can't 
for the life of me, get it off of iTunes. <laughs> it's just like me and my friend being weird, of course, which is funny because now that the whole quarantine thing, like I'm just kind of going back to being like my silly weird self and everyone's like, oh my gosh, the quarantine has got to her. I'm like, no, I'm just kind of like just doing whatever. But it is really crazy to see how much everything has changed. I have a whole closet full of startup t-shirts that no longer exist anymore. It's so yeah. weird to wow. just go through. Do you remember Jump Cut? It was no. like the first video editing website. So you would like yeah. upload different clips. It was incredible. And you do the like editing some... after you uploaded all the stuff? Yeah, you would upload the clips and then they would have like a little timeline and they had this really great community. And oh, I miss it so much. It was a really cool website. There was definitely a different, like those little pockets of community felt tighter knit back in the day. For me mm-hmm. back then, my community was iStock Photo because that's where I'd sell my photos and I worked there. But the the forums there were pre-Facebook and, you know, MySpace was not not the same as Facebook became. So these there'd be these little like pockets of community that meant a lot. And now we're, I don't know, it's shifted. But Yeah, there was even, it was like a, some Mac forum that I used to be a, a huge part of. Like I, my original screen name was like X31337 because I was like such a elite hacker and gamer in, in high school. I was like, I'm so cool. <laughs> I wasn't. But uh I remember iStock Photo because I used it so much because I went to school for graphic design and video production, but I ended up out of school getting a graphic design job. So iStock Photo was like my savior. There was like this one guy on there. I don't ever know what his name was, but he was like the poster child for like his stock photos. And he was in like every single one of like my banners and like postcards and everything. I, I wish I could I can find imagine a picture him of him now. I bet it was Scott Blake who's a guy. He he might have been that poster child. And it was funny because another this was in common when I met Peter McKinnon for the first time in person. Uh, we were like, wait, you were on iStock? I was on iStock too and it was exactly the same time, but we were like in just different sub circles of the community. Yeah. This so. was probably like 2005, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yep, same like here. Like very early, yeah. And so speaking of editing videos, though, you did this really cool Final Cut tutorial course full thing with Ripple Training recently. And I like the way you promoted it. You did that flashback series to the mm-hmm. olden days, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. Tell me a bit about the course and I don't know what it was like going through that old footage too. It was actually really fun. And we did, uh, it's basically like my start to finish of making a YouTube video. So like working with Ripple Training guys, you know, I feel like we have two very different editing styles, whereas I kind of have all my footage and I sort of storytell in the timeline where they kind of have scripted content. And it was great because we both learned a lot from each other. So they watched me edit a full YouTube video and then we kind of scripted around making the video. So they just kind of took what I was doing. We scripted it and then shot everything in segments. So it was really funny because they're like, wow, that's really weird. Like we would never would have thought to do that. <laughs> yeah. And then they they gave me suggestions. So we put together a really great course of, you know, start to finish of what I do to make a YouTube video. And we gave the footage, which is always hard with a lot of these trainings. You don't have any footage to edit, especially if you're a beginner. Like you don't want to go out and start shooting a bunch of stuff just to learn which is honestly the reason that I started my YouTube channel. I wanted to learn to edit. So I just started filming myself. And that's it's really weird to think that that's really actually how I got started. Yeah. When I was making dumb videos in high school, there was no, I, there was no concept that it would go anywhere. Like no. maybe some, all I could imagine is like, I don't know, I could make corporate videos someday. That was the only career mm-hmm. path from it. Other than that, it was just for fun. And now- if you're just screwing around around making videos for fun, that could 
be your thing. That could be your TikTok. That could be your whatever it is. Yeah. And it's the same thing we were doing, but now the whole world's watching it all at once. Which could be a good thing or a bad thing. But it is. I'm just very glad my bad. videos are gone. Yeah. I mean, I want to make some of them private, but at some point, like, I love having that archive there. And it's just kind of cool to see that, hey, I've been doing this for this long. This stuff is still there. Yeah, it's trash, but you got to start somewhere. I mean, this was so long ago. I think it was really good for you to do that video, though, because. The, the Ripple training guys are awesome. Like when they, they taught a class at camera camp and mm-hmm. instantly in the first 10 minutes, I had three things that I now use in every video. Like right away, I was like, yeah. wow, I need that. I need that. I need that. And I started integrating them into my workflow right away. But it's true that they are approaching it from a bit more of a, a traditional professional perspective of that you're going to have, you know, external audio and you're going to have somewhat of a script and you're going to have B-roll for all the A-roll. Um, and it is really different doing YouTube, like the f- learning what the format is that you're able to quickly finish. A pr- I mean, that's so much of it is like coming up with an idea that you can finish in a reasonable amount of time is so much yeah. of the YouTube challenge that I still struggle with all the time. It's hard. And then people think that, oh, you just made this video like really quickly. It's great. Whatever. Watch it. It's gone. I'm like, that video probably took me over 80 hours. It's like between <laughs> yeah. like even for the the iPad Pro video. We had such a short turnaround for that. It's like we shot for maybe two days, maybe like two half days, and then maybe like 20 to 30 hours of just editing and going through footage. And thankfully, like now I've worked with um, another Tyler who we've been working together like the past year. So he would do like a rough edit and then I would start on the first half fixing that one up. And then he's working on fixing up the second half. Then he sends me the XML and then I'm kind of merging all this stuff together. So I was like at this point, like that would have taken me alone maybe 60 hours, but being able to like cut that down and cut that in half has been really amazing because up I've, until last year, I edited everything myself still. Oof. Yeah. I mean, I know that feeling. I go back and forth with assistant editors sometimes, but I still edit a lot of it by myself and it's a huge time sink. Have you tried, uh, have you tried PostLab or looked into it? Yes, I have. We just started working with that this week. So I'm yeah, very Yeah, I just downloaded the demo this it. week too. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm I excited really about smart. that. So that between Frame.io and PostLab and, and everything else, I feel like we're going to get a pretty good work from home system happening. Even though, I mean, we just are so used to setting back XML files <laughs> back and forth that I'm like, all right, click, relink. But yeah, PostLab looks really great. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I don't know if I need it yet, but the, I, it just looks so polished. And for anybody that doesn't know about it, it's basically a like check-in, check-out, manage, like project management system for multiple editors and Final Cut. You could even use it by yourself just to keep track of previous edits, and uh, but especially for handing around libraries and, and keeping track of stuff like that. I don't know if it's good yet, but it looks good. Yeah, and then, so far uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, so what what are you going to work on next? Are you do you have any sort of lack of inspiration right now, or is it all kind of coming kind of easily because you have enough time on your hands to think of fun ideas? I mean, when I have no distractions, like that's where I thrive. Like my problem is I love isolation. I'm an extreme introvert, so for me, I'm like, oh, this is great. I don't have to go anywhere, and that's the problem because it's taken me years to be comfortable, like going out and doing things, going to group classes and and hanging out and going to events. So I'm like, no, my biggest fear is me like reverting back to like my old self of just sitting at home, which I enjoy, but it's not 
it's not a very good lifestyle. Yeah, I can relate to that, that it, it can be easy for me to want to do that, but I know that's not really what I should be doing. And also, I think it's going to be hardest for young people, like any, you know, especially mm-hmm. anybody that's listening that might be between 13 and, and 20, tr- try to hold on to the socialness that, that we had a few months ago, yeah. because like, if you, if you spend a long time of your uh, formative years being really isolated, like, you don't want that to stick too much, you know? So it's, I think, an important thing for those young people to make that extra effort to be as connected as you can be. Like, something I've been harping on, and I don't know, this isn't, a lot of people have said this, is not my idea at all, but that the phrase of social distancing may not mm-hmm. have been the wisest choice compared to physical distancing. Like that, you know, it's actually that we want to be yeah. physically away from people, but socially, we really want, like, this is the time to be as socially connected and as socially close as we can be. Yeah, it is a weird term. I mean, I guess that's the term that they used before. So it's just sort of like, okay, that's a nice we'll recycled word. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's just so strange. And it was weird here in LA because they were encouraging people to still go outside and go for hikes. But my sister and I were like, great, okay, we can still hike. We went to go on a hike. There were so many people. We just turned around. We're like, oh, we can't yeah, even I get out that. of our car. Mm-hmm. So it's... It sucks because it's like the weather's beautiful. Well, not right now. It's raining, but it is snowing. So it like when they sat down to do this, there's like a crazy snowstorm that started outside. We have like never. And yeah, this and okay. I live in Canada. It, you know, we have long winters. This is an exceptionally long winter and it's bad and that's really making it worse. So everything is just so strange. Like that's really the only way to sum it up. And I don't want to keep talking Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. it, but it's just like, we're living through like a crazy change of history. That it's impossible not to changing everything. Yeah. Well, and I even feel like I need to constantly, like anything I create needs the context of like, this was created on April 7th because by the time it's released on April 8th or 9th, the world will have moved forward again. Like it's just so quick now that for example, on this show and on my channel, like I talk about career advice for creators sometimes like, Oh, if you're looking to do commercial work, this is the path that has worked for us. I don't know. I don't know what that advice is anymore because whenever we come out of this, it will be a different marketplace. It's going to be like different strategies are going to work really well. So there will be new opportunities with that. You know, it means that it's also exciting for young people because if you haven't done this before, you might stumble into the the brave new world that has, is about to explode uh, in a good way. But mm-hmm. um, at the same time, you know, it's hard, it's hard to say what anybody should do because we're trying to figure yeah. it out. And it's like, I've been doing sort of, well, you as well, like this whole internet thing for like my whole life. So it's like second nature just to be like, all right, hold on. I don't need a production team. I've been just shooting a bunch of videos at my house by myself. And then I go and edit them. And without the distraction of having to go to meetings or go anywhere, like I've been getting a lot of stuff done while also playing an obscene amount of Animal Crossing. Like it's disgusting. Like let me just let me just That's see how many hours I've played. That's on my list for questions here is tell me about Animal Crossing. So I didn't get Animal Crossing. I I just I kind of wanted to because it it seems like the most relaxing thing right now and I kind of like whenever all of the video game world is talking about one thing I like to know what's going on. I want to I want to yeah. be part of the club, but Have you played before? I have not. But so okay, I don't, so, yeah. I don't get super deep into, so last one I played what like this was, wait, what's the one that was developed by one guy that is like 2D farm management? The Stardew Valley? Yeah, Stardew Valley's last yeah. one I played and I didn't love it. 
So I think that means I wouldn't love Animal Crossing. Am I right? I don't think you would because this yeah. has turned into a second job and a second life. Like I'm fighting with animal villagers, but I've played the game before. Like I, uh, it was funny. I was actually looking through a bunch of old baby photos of my dog. And I, it was weird because I had this flashback. It was like 2015. I was playing Animal Crossing on my Nintendo 3DS. And then little Maddie was just sitting there and um, I looked down. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing the same exact thing. 2020, <laughs> the new version. But I'm a huge fan of the game. And it's just fun because this one, people are having like island parties. Like you're inviting your friends over. So you can have eight people at a time come to like your island and hang out. So I feel like if you've never played it before, it's... And you didn't like Stardew Valley, you probably wouldn't enjoy it very much. <laughs> well, I didn't dislike it. Uh, I yeah. just didn't. I, basically, I, I have a hard time with commitment to long games now. So whenever I know that it's going to eat up a lot of my time, I'm like, I only have time for like one of those games a year. I've but, played for 115 hours <laughs> since March 20th. And you're still being productive? How is well, that possible? Not- not as productive. I, well, I've been getting up at like 5.30 in the morning because my shop on the game opens at 8 a.m. So I feel like if I can get all of my game tasks done by 8, then I can have all my stuff sold. Are your game tasks counting as part of your productivity? Is that all? Like, I'm getting so well, much done inside of Animal Crossing. Kind of. But I've also made a few gameplay videos, which I used to have a gaming channel. But it was weird because like the gaming community, I it was just like, it, I don't know, it wasn't the most friendliest of places. I've heard. So like they, they kind of ruined like my love of gaming, which is something that I've loved my whole entire life. So now I just kind of play offline. Well, I'm a little in that boat right now. My game, I'm the most excited about of any game that's ever come out is the Final Fantasy VII remake. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to talk about it. Like I want to make something about it, but I have yeah. never touched gaming content. And am I just going to get roasted because, uh, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about or it's not what my channel's about. So I'm debating that right now too. Yeah. I mean, I think just talk about it. Like at this point, like it doesn't even matter. I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to post Animal Crossing gameplay on my main channel and not even worry about it. And I was surprised like everyone really enjoyed it. Whereas like my favorite game is Call of Duty and I've loved that game. I used to host all like the Call of Duty like esports tournaments that they had. And it, it was it was really cool, but man, the community was just really tough. I was like, I have been playing games before most of you guys were even alive, but like, how do you say that without saying it? And then they just hate you even but more. But they don't care. They would, yeah, the people that are saying that, they don't care anyway. They're going to find doesn't. a reason. So Yeah, but it's just, it is it is fun. And I just, I don't know, it was weird because when I stopped playing video games as much is when I started jujitsu because that is like a real life video game. It's, and it was just like, now that I'm not doing that, I'm going back to video games again. <laughs> so with your jujitsu thing, why did you choose that? specifically like out of any sport you could have taken on what brought you to jujitsu i was always fascinated by it because it's one of the only sports where you can actually go i guess i mean mostly like boxing and mma and stuff like that like you can't actually i guess work to your full potential because you can't go full on and punch somebody but with jujitsu you can you know you can go to the point where you tap so it's like one of the only sports that can take you to that level and it's also a very gentle art so it's basically like fighting but yoga and it's just the whole like mental aspect of it. And it's just, it really is, I don't know. It's incredible. Like it was really a life-changing thing. I mean, the first mm-hmm. year of it was terrifying and now like this whole second year has been great, but now I'm like, well, now that I'm in like sort of that, like, what do we do? Cause it's all completely has changed of, of like, how do you train? How do you learn? So now I think people are just watching YouTube videos and I've actually been taking 
a bunch of uh, training videos and re-editing them because it turns out a lot of other people's people training not, videos. Yes, so that I can actually stand to watch them. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just they for don't know yourself? that I'm doing it. Oh, okay. It's for myself, and then wow. I send them to my iPad so that I can do like the drills. So I was like, man, these could be edited so much better. So maybe I should actually just start sending them to these people back again. Like, hey, I edited your video. The for community you. service, personally. Wow. Yeah, but no, it's just it really is crazy that you know everything is just so different, and it's like that one thing that you had before it's it's gone. Well, I'm just, I'm starting being. to decide that the fact that I'm talking about it so much, even though even though I'm kind of trying to avoid it, I always circle. I mean, even right now we're just talking about video games and we drift back towards it. I'm letting that be okay because it's also mm-hmm. what my mind is doing. It you know the the way that we talk is just a reflection of what our heads are doing, and mm-hmm. I find that that's been my biggest issue. Hasn't been so much like stress or or fear or any of that. Yeah. Um, I, I had a few days of extreme stress that kind of passed. It's been focused. It's that I can't, when I start thinking about any any topic, I start trying to learn a new editing technique, my mind starts to drift back to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Stop thinking. And then I think about something else, but now I'm in a different direction. Now I'm over to video games and then I'm, you know, to cameras. And then I'm to, you know, I just keep this bounce, like in a, a bowling ball going down with the, the rubber gutters yeah. on the side. And it's just bouncing from one side to another. And the focus <laughs> can't stay in the middle of the lane like it should. So that's, I don't know. That's what I've been struggling well, with. Well, I think but. it's hard too. And then it's like, obviously we've never talked about it before. So like, I love being able to get other people's perspectives too. So well, yeah, that's a big missing part. It's like, we only talk to whoever we're trapped inside with. So we only have one or two, or some people have no like daily contact of being able to figure out what, what each other are thinking, you know? Yeah. And I mean, the thing too with Animal Crossing has been really cool because it actually has brought this big social aspect. Like we have group chats going on because there's specific fruits that you have to find. There's fossils. So there's all these like puzzle pieces and you can open your gate at certain times to let other people in. So like I'm constantly all day long, like talking to people I mean, about Animal Crossing most of the time. It's like, hey, open your gate. I'm coming over. Do you have any fruit? Do you need this chair? So it's like a constant like communication. It's like this is the most perfect game to have come out right now. Like the, it could Nintendo have couldn't perfect. have planned this better because it seems like exactly what the world needed. It really is. But now there's no Nintendo Switches. People can't get them. I mean, there's totally, some, yeah. There's, yeah, there's some on eBay, though. I was looking. Actually, so in, in camera news, uh, Canon today, I don't know if it was actually today or yesterday, was talking about that most of their like their headquarters are shutting down. A lot of their offices in Tokyo are going to be sh- just sh- shut down, not working remotely, but they just won't be working on anything new. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what I'm going to talk about for camera news for a while. <laughs> because oh, my gosh. You know, it's like this is how it's going to end up. This is – it already is. This is a lot of the impact – on YouTube, it's like we can't just even talk about products the way that we used to, where it's like we're just excited about them coming out because now part of the real news story is like, are they are, are they even going to come out or will they be able to get to us? And I was even thinking, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do a video about a new iPad when people are dying. Like, it's just like this weird kind of mental yeah. thing that happens. And then I'm like, wait, no, like we have to do these reviews because now more than ever, people need to know, is this something that I want to spend my money on? Right. So it's like, I think we have to be more thorough. We have to really, you know, give all of the details, the good, the bad, the whatever, because you don't want to mislead anybody to waste any bit of hard earned money that they're going to spend on something. You know, they have to make choices and decide like, is this something that's going to be worth it for me? And for I think sure. it's going to be hard for a lot of people, but it's been kind of cool because I do have an abundance of extra tech. So I've been sort of reaching out to just 
initial people like in my community, even my neighbors, like I don't really know my neighbors that well, but I'm like, hey, do you know anybody like elderly or kids that are in school that might need an extra computer or a webcam or something? Because I was like, I have a lot of this extra stuff that I usually would be using as like reviews or comparisons. I'm like, these need a new home. Mm-hmm. So it's been kind of good to kind of go through and and get some of the stuff to to people who actually need it. Yeah, there's also been this sort of community building that's gone alongside it. I mean, I think we've talked to our neighbors a lot more than we used to, even though we're not yeah. coming within six feet of them. We are, you know, checking in with them a little bit more. Uh, like our direct neighbors have had health issues for quite a while. So we, you know, we're always kind of worried about them now and they really can't go outside. So uh, Anya's been baking a lot lately. And so we keep giving them whatever we make and, uh, you know. But it's hard because it's like these people can't go out and get things. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the only, well, an upside is just, I think we need to really just kind of realize that a lot of the stuff that we thought mattered really doesn't matter (laughs) when it really comes down to it. So I think just taking inventory of what's important coming out of this, I think will be, will be good. And I hope that that sticks with people. Well, and I think what you were saying about, should we be still doing our iPad reviews and our tech reviews? um, It's also, it's not even that it's really important. I think it's, you know, it's always been sort of important, but not that important. But it's the right thing to do because I know that I think even normal parts of our routine, like my favorite comedy podcasts, if they decided that you know they felt like they shouldn't be making jokes at this difficult time, that would make my week harder. I'd, like, I'd feel a little bit worse every week. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. the, the, the relief that I – this was a relief when the world was normal. Now the world's crazy and I don't even have my stupid jokes to turn to. You know, it, yeah. that would be – a negative effect. And if, if all of them did that, like, uh, of course we can look at what all the uh, late night shows are doing now with their Mm -hmm. iPhone recorded (laughs) selfie (laughs) interviews. Um, I'm glad they're there. Like they should be, Uh, if they all stopped, it would be worse for all of us. You know, I think for sure that stuff serves a a real purpose and we're not going to be getting any big budget movies anytime soon. So no. So I think this is the entertainment and, and even going off of what you said, it's like watching just a bunch of YouTubers. And then I was like, okay, they keep talking about, you know, the the virus and this and that. And I was like, I don't really want to watch this anymore. So I just try to, to make as much of a conscious effort as like, I'm not going to keep harping on it, but like, I still want to be sensitive and like, let people, I guess, know how I'm feeling because I mean, at the end of the day, like these YouTube channels, it's, we're still people. And I think when people see everything that looks so shiny and perfect that they kind of feel like, well, why don't I feel like that? So one of the things that I felt was so strange even when we first started, I was like, I'm going to work out every day. I'm going to be so productive. And then I kept like, and that, yep, really, that, that quickly mm-hmm. went out the, the door. So I think I read some article where it was like, it's okay to just not be creating, just survive and get through mm-hmm. it and do what you have to do. So that was kind of, I was like, okay, because I was not heeding my own advice. <laughs> well, okay. So speaking of um, doing tech reviews that don't matter, what do you think of the new iPad? This is kind of crazy because, so I didn't really use my iPad as much before, but now that I am at home and just doing a lot more like email and just like conference calls and stuff, I've actually been using this iPad a lot. And then I got one of these. It's a little hype mic. Oh, okay. So it's just, uh, it's really great. Hold on, let me set and, it back down. And that so goes it, directly USB-C, into, it, oh, okay, it goes cool. right into the iPad. You don't do anything. It just like works. So I was like, oh my gosh. Should I start an iPad podcast? In general, what are the things that an iPad has been the most useful for you traditionally? Like, what do you usually use it for? 
And I guess what, what are you doing differently now? Yeah, I think mostly just because I feel like I mostly was using an iPad before just to watch content. And then I would actually do editing and stuff on my computer. But now I've just been using the iPad as a, well, I also did this test where Apple kept saying, this could be your, well, your computer, but not a computer. Right. I was like, but yeah. can it, can I edit an entire video on here and be satisfied? Cause I just wanted to make sure. So I did, it was like my birthday quarantine vlog. It was like the first day of lockdown was like my birthday. So I'm like, you know what I'm going to do for my birthday? I'm going to learn to edit on the iPad. So I used LumaFusion. I shot everything on my iPhone, edited the entire 14, 15 minute vlog on my iPad, did the VO, added music. And I was like, oh, all right. So I guess I can do everything. And it was just like a really refreshing moment because I was like, I can do everything on here. I mean, obviously it's not a huge upgrade from the the previous iPad Pro, but I've been really enjoying it. So like I'm now a new, new iPad fan. <laughs> well, I think that's a, a pretty common thing. I don't know. I don't want to call it a mistake, but when I see other reviewers really focus on what the difference are from last year to this year, that's not the most important thing to me. It's like, is this, is this just a good thing to buy? Like, are people that are interested in this going to like it? And last year's iPad was amazing. I and mean, we were talking about the iPad Pro yeah. specifically here. Mm-hmm. The iPad Pro was so good last year. And it's so good again with some more upgrades. So it's like, I, I know it's not exciting. The differences aren't, they're not crazy, but it's just such a good device that I can't find much bad to say about it. No, and I the amount that I have been using it, even from, from going back to Animal Crossing, so there's like different fruit hybrid combination or flower hybrid combinations. Yeah. So I've been using the iPad a lot just like next to me as some like scrolling through to get all these things. But I've just found myself using it so much more. And um, I know it's not as applicable now, but I got the Narbox right before everything kind of happened. And so I was doing an incredible test with that, like being able to just get the footage onto that. If nobody knows what that is, it's like a, um, it's like an external drive, but you can also connect it to an iPhone, iPad app. You can import all of the footage through like an SD card through the drive. And I'm like, this is so awesome because I can really do everything just on my iPad, but I still would probably want to use Final Cut on my MacBook, but just the fact that you can do it, I was very pleasantly surprised. Well, I still have a hard time knowing, like, when is it my problem? Because I have these habits with the mouse. And when is it actually that there's something about the format of iPad that's inherently slowing me down? And I have a hard time judging what my biases are. I don't really, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I kind of have to look to other people that are more like natively. There's There's plenty of kids out there that haven't used a mouse and keyboard yet. They still have only used iPads and they're growing up that way. Yeah. So. so, I mean, again, that's, I had the same thing as you. I was like, okay, I could just do this so much faster on my, on my computer. But you know, if you grew up doing just this iPad, like you would probably be doing it just as fast. So I don't know. I mean, obviously there's still some challenges. It's not entirely there yet, but I just felt confident that if I was stuck in the forest with just my iPad, <laughs> I think I could survive. Well, and with Luma, did you, also, did you use the internal mic on the iPad or did you use your new external USB mic? I used the external one, but then I shot all of the footage on my iPhone. And then because it all synced through iCloud, I just like opened my iPad and all that footage from my iPhone oh, that's was awesome. already there on LumaFusion. So I didn't really have to do anything. It just kind of worked. Actually, yeah, I didn't even think about that way. I always imagine doing airdrop, but I guess you 
don't have to yeah, if you, you have it set up like that. You didn't have to. I mean, you'd still have to wait for it to download. Right. But I was like, this is great. I, I almost wanted to do it all the time. And then obviously with Narbox, there's a lot of LumaFusion integration with that. And then you can also export an XML out of LumaFusion for Final Cut, and it'll give you the entire project file right there. So if you want to start and edit, take it to your computer. Are there any other apps that you've found especially useful even in the past or now? Or like what else do you use on your iPad? Uh, I was interested in some of the the AR stuff that they were showing, uh, which is kind of cool because they obviously have the upgraded uh, LiDAR sensor, which is going to be pretty cool for being able to really kind of map out areas. And <laughs> although the iPad Pro is really heavy, so trying to like move this around, I was playing Angry Birds. I'm like, oh my gosh, my arms are hurting because <laughs> I keep like trying to get these birds to move around but man I really love AR like it's it's so good on the iPad too that at some point I kind of forgot that there wasn't something in front of me yeah when it's like so big in front of you and so mm-hmm. accurately tracing it yeah I think the most exciting things about the LiDAR or are the, the it's the preview of what's going to come once the software catches up. I mean, developers are able to make more stuff for it. And when it's on our phone, uh, you know, I, yeah. it, soon it'll just be an everything feature. And it's, there's these pieces of hardware that Apple adds that you can't tell why they're important at the moment. Like when they first announced the iPhone, was it in the first one that there was an accelerometer? It's like, why do you need an accelerometer yeah. in a phone? Like that just, does, it. Exactly. what's the point? Or a compass or a gy- like gyroscopes and all these little things. Like why, what do you need to detect? Why, why a barometer? But then years down the road, it all really starts to pay off when your device is just aware of everything around it. And it's mm-hmm. stuff that, Apple may not have even thought of yet that developers might be the ones to break new ground and tell us how this can be useful. Yeah. I mean, there's so much, even like the Apple watch, just seeing how much that has changed as far as like the health tech goes. I'm just excited to see like what they do next. I'm really hoping they do like a a blood oxygen level. I think that'll be what I'm, I'm hoping for next. We already saw that they, you know, Apple was jumping into the pandemic world with the, the masks Mm -hmm. that they're manufacturing. I know it was, I think they're committing to like 10 million in the first week. No, 10 million was the face the face masks, but they're also manufacturing the full cover plastic masks and they're distributing a lot of those really quickly. And that's absolutely the right response. I mean, we're just talking about Apple. I know some other companies are doing it as well, but I like to see that a lot. And I don't know. So pat on the back for the doing the right thing. I have like the 3D printers and they're still like printing the the pieces and, and mailing those off. So it's like even people that have just 3D printers, uh, I've seen friends sewing masks. Like it's just really, that community aspect has been really cool just to see, you know, everybody kind of rally around and, and use what you have to help. And I think it's the right thing for these big companies to do. I mean, you have these facilities. Yeah. So just do something. And you obviously have a lot of money. Exactly. And I think we're going to, I think so many companies will do something positive that we're going to start, it'll be, it'll stand out more when company doesn't do something, you know, if they are, if they spend a few months doing the wrong thing or not taking certain issues seriously enough that everybody is clearly concerned about when we know they have the resources to help, it's going to stand out because Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, I I do think that I'm optimistic about that one thing that there will be some help from the the private uh, corporate world. I saw even today, Jack Dorsey, donated a billion right. out of his square stock, which was really cool. I'm mean, just seeing people do things that, you know, that like that is, is, it's really great. Oh, one thing I should just slightly shut down in case anybody is 
concerned about it. I, I didn't even notice that this was a conspiracy theory until uh, Philip Franco mentioned it the other day, but there's the whole 5G COVID-19 thing. And I had somebody asked me about it before I'd heard. They're like, so what do you think about this whole 5G issue and how it's causing causing the pandemic? I'm like, what? wait. What? Is oh, that a thing? Yeah, that's, yeah. No. Yeah, I've been I, kind of off the news, clearly. Uh, sorry to bring it back. I should have a timer that every time we get back it's on okay. topic, it's, it's okay. like we have to reset the timer. You haven't talked about <laughs> the pandemic for six yeah. minutes. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you watched Philip DeFranco yesterday, he was, he was just talking about what people are thinking. I mean, I don't want to give it that much attention because it doesn't deserve it. But Needless to say, there's there's really no connection between uh, 5G towers and what's happening. And his instant refutation that I think is totally makes sense is like Iran has some of the highest cases and there are no 5G towers in that country. They haven't, wow. none of it exists and it's much more prevalent there than other places. So, um, I mean, people don't have anything else to do, but like make up conspiracy yeah. theories or it's like when you start reading and going down these rabbit holes then i'm like wait am i now convinced that this is something that i should be believing and that's i mean that's the trouble but also like you know the blessing of the internet is it's like this news can just travel whether it's true or false so quickly. for sure yeah well and, and anybody out there that's we're all going to come across a whole bunch of conspiracy theories they will be presented to us whether we want them or not they're going to show up some of them will seem really compelling either because they have slickly edited videos and a great voiceover, yeah. or some of them will just have charts and graphs that feel very scientific and compelling. Some of them, one or two of them might end up being true, maybe, but most of them won't be true. So just keep mm-hmm. that in mind, like as, as they keep coming at you, which they're going to keep coming at us for years now, honestly, yeah, yeah, like this sure. isn't going to go away. Just keep in mind that even when they seem likely, almost all of them will turn out to be untrue in the end. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's my, my, my message to the world if they're stressed out. Oh about gosh, it. now I'm going to be going down the 5G rabbit hole after this. <laughs> but I'm kind of busy replanting my trees at Animal Crossing. So that's I'll a way better off on it. idea. <laughs> no, it's not. I think you should pursue that further. <laughs> but yeah, so you said you're excited for Final Fantasy. Were there any other games that you used to play that? I went back to Grand Theft Auto 5 this week because my, my wife picked up the PS4 for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. So she's a big Switch fan. She's played way more Switch games than I have. But yeah. was finally like, and, and she loves Cowboys more than anything else. And she's like, I think I'm going to play Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm like, yes, you should. I basically bought it because I thought she'd think it was cool yeah. and then she didn't play it. So now she's she's almost beat it, which means I've had less time with my PlayStation lately. But oh, I'm glad. I mean, it's, it's cool that she's found, like, jump genres to like the super realistic world. Like there's mm-hmm. a big difference between Nintendo game design and you know, what we're used to on like the big consoles. And I think sure. there's going to be a lot of stuff that she likes because of that. So she was playing red dead. I was, I, I'm basically trying to finish grand theft out of five. Cause I never did. Like I got, Oh, and mm-hmm. I also finished Spider-Man in this time. So basically I've been finishing all these games that I got almost all the way through. And I just needed to like beat the last, I, I booted up Spider-Man. I'm like, wait, I might, I'm at the last boss and I never beat the, I just didn't, finished that last like half hour because I didn't realize it was at the end of the game. So, so that yeah. was good. But, but no, Final Fantasy seven is like the big one for me. Cause that was the game that got me into video games. It was when I bought a PlayStation one, that was the first console that I really connected to. Like, you know, I had a Genesis before that and I liked it, but Final Fantasy seven was like, wow, like 
video games are cool. <laughs> and yeah. uh, the, the, like the big moment was I had a sleepover with my friend and I was like, let's do a speed run of Final Fantasy VII and try to beat it without <laughs> sleeping. And if anybody hasn't played it, it's like a 60 hour game and you don't do speed runs oh of gosh. it. So I think we got almost halfway through. We were definitely on the second disc, but uh, yeah, no, I really, I played it a lot and it was like, it was my for sure favorite game for a long time. So seeing the remake is it's weird, like seeing something from your childhood be recreated in such high fidelity and such perfect graphics. Yeah. It's like it's so it's a really strange feeling. But I had never played Final Fantasy. I was definitely mostly Nintendo, like growing up. And then I think let's see, my first. Well, my actually my mom. So she was a gym teacher. So she used to like get different gadgets and stuff that she would use like in her class. So I do remember she did get a PlayStation and a Dreamcast. And then I was over there still with my Nintendo. <laughs> uh, man, yeah, it's, it really is wild just to see like all of these things change. And the fact that like Nintendo has like the mini consoles, actually Sega does as well, but like those mini consoles that have right. all those games. Oh yeah, and, it's amazing. Like, that's like all of these things are like my childhood dream. And also today, depending on when anybody's watching or listening, uh, Lego announced some more updates about their lego nintendo collab did you see that at all i saw that i just saw that it was the last video posted right before we started talking now but i didn't watch your video yet so i don't know about it tell me now Oh yeah no it's really cool so they basically like this lego mario has an accelerometer a gyroscope it has a little mini camera in it to read sensors on different um like lego because they have like goombas and they have all these other characters but you basically create a course out of lego and you just take Mario, he collects coins as you make the courses. And it's really, it's really cool. I mean, this awesome. is like, I feel like a, a dream come true as a child of like Lego and Nintendo together. And they did it in a very unique way. That's like what the whole entertainment industry is is built for now is to let 30 somethings relive their childhood. It's all, oh, <laughs> like sure. everything's built around <laughs> us. Just like whatever we loved then, let's do it forever. And uh, it seems to be working for them. I mean, I keep spending money on it. So me too. Well, now yeah. is the, th- the thing because like the Lego work is expensive. Like when I was a kid, I mean, you would maybe get like, you know, one a year or something for your birthday or for Christmas. And now as an adult, I'm like, I can be irresponsible. Yeah, I can <laughs> All all the, these I could fill sets. my whole basement with Death Stars. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so I sure. feel like you, you kind of, I, that child in all of us, I think, you always find that thing and, and you're like, wow, this is what I'm going to spend my money on. But yeah, Lego, I love Lego so much. Is there a next game you're going to play? Because for me, what drives me crazy on Switch is the lack of releases. I just want more games and I don't know, I, I feel mean, like I, I think keep waiting. I probably... Yeah, Animal Crossing is probably going to take me a while. But <laughs> Another then, so it's like I go between uh... Animal Crossing and Call of Duty Warzone, which came out also a few weeks ago too. So it's kind of like the the Fortnite open world uh, battle royale style for Call of Duty. So it's is, really fun. Is Animal Crossing completely a sandbox or is there any end at all? Like does it does it does it go anywhere or do you just keep uh, building up? Is it like Farmville I that think you yeah, you kind of keep just building because they keep unlocking more things. And like every day, it's like a real time. So it's every day in your real day is a real day in your game. So it's oh, very time sensitive. And so I also accidentally picked that I was in the Southern Hemisphere. So right now it's going into fall in my game and I can't change it. But it's so that's good why you're waking up at five in the morning all the time. Is Yeah, basically. But the time is the same, but it thinks that I'm in the Southern Hemisphere. So like the the seasons and stuff are the same so all of my other friends right now they're going into spring so i have different bugs than they would have 
this game is so uh. expansive like it's ridiculous like a different fish so people will come to my island to fish my fish and then i go to theirs because they have other ones it's never ending i think like now i'm just realized that like this is my life now <laughs> it's it sounds like I know what I should be doing after we hang up in here, but, uh, I mean, it's kind of fun. It's kind of cool. I mean, maybe just like, just like, check it out. See what you think. I, you can come to my Island. I'll I'm, give you all of you the fruit that you could need to start. Oh, that sounds worth it. <laughs> yeah. It's great. <laughs> well, thanks so much for the offer, Justine, and for coming on the mm-hmm. show. I really appreciate it. It was great to hang out. This was really fun. Yeah, we'll have to do this again after the pandemic's over, so we don't have to talk about so, yeah, it at exactly. all. Exactly. <laughs> no pandemic talk next time. We will. We will get over all of the wrong topics. But um, oh my yeah. god, no! This was fun. It was all over the place, but I feel like we wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> yep, we're all all over the place lately. Thanks, Justine. Thank you.